Yes, it is about success. You want to be successful, but there is the need to go beyond and make sure that there is significance to that success. And you're doing something to go beyond yourself and support your communities, your families, industries, etc. Welcome to the Sask Entrepreneurs Podcast. Each week, we bring you an interview featuring an entrepreneur or business leader in the Saskatchewan province. We dive into their journey, lessons learned, and views on the outlook of the Saskatchewan business market. This episode is brought to you by 2Web. Growing your business online is overwhelming. At 2Web, we make it simple. Our agency has helped over 700 businesses and nonprofit organizations grow through digital marketing. Learn more and reach out to us at 2Web.ca. Welcome to today's episode of Sask Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, we have a very exciting guest, Dave Smith, who has decades of experience as an organizational leader and a dozen years as an accredited executive coach, facilitator, and management consultant. He has served on corporate C-suites, including CEO and an SME business owner, building visions, strategies, and delivering successes that grow values, cultures, and ROI. Dave has a special passion for greenfield business launches and igniting cultural transformation. In 2010, he founded Logia Consulting, Inc., and in 2020, co-founded Virtual Leadership Matters. Prior to that, he was on the founding leadership team of two Canadian financial services companies and on numerous boards. He's been very active in innovation and training development in general, and most notably in wealth management products and payment card technology. Dave has led and coached teams spread across Canada for over 20 years, including one of Canada's 50 best managed companies. He takes special joy in being with his wife, children, and grandchildren as they grow in the world, active at almost everything under the sun. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be here. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. And I was kind of going through your profile. Why don't you start with telling us a little bit about your current role and what your background is? Well, at Logia Consulting, we help new and upcoming leaders make things happen as they lead their teams to success. We empower them with our experience in leadership, carefully developed skills and coaching and mentorship, and passion for people. That's really what we do. My background uh, stems back into, uh, well, if we go back many years into laboring jobs, but through business school into a number of different industries, some time as a CEO in a startup company. And then about a dozen years ago, started to work with leaders, which is my passion and various industries. That's great. You've been involved in such a variety of different businesses. Tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you ended up here. Well, business school came and went, and, uh, and I started working in uh, the era of recession, where there were limited opportunities, but there were enough to find a great spot to land. And I worked in the petroleum industry for five years and had an awful lot of opportunities to work in the area of market planning, new strategies, learning, uh, competency-based learning, a lot of technology support back in the time, card-activated pumping systems which ultimately led to a transition a few years later into the credit union system, which was an open door for me to start working on financial technologies and uh, spend some time working on card-activated systems, which this time were connected to Interac. And so I had opportunity to work with the chartered banks on the rollout of direct payment services in Canada in the 1990s. And then lots of different cultural-related tools and training tools. 
including even, well, even marketing tools, was involved in one of the first MCIFs, which is the ancestor of the CRM, which we all work with and, and appreciate today. Well, after about 25 years in the corporate industry, then came a time where another recession arrived. And it was a time where after three downsizings, it was my turn, recreate my future. And, and so I did. And through that, the discernment process left me really feeling not interested in going back and making a long-term commitment to a corporate role. I wanted to commit to helping individual leaders become successful. And that's where we started to step in and work with individuals, leaders, and their teams in various industries. And we've been doing that now for about a dozen years. So what do you love about doing business in Saskatchewan? I've worked all over the country and in various parts of the U.S. as well through uh, my connections with banks and technology. But what I, I really love about Saskatchewan is, is the, the pragmatism of people. They're very practical, really honest, and so innovative. The way we make machines operate, the way we introduce technology even before its time and make it work, it's just absolutely incredible. We're masters at our crafts and very humble about it all. There is something special about home as well, where you come from, and something about supporting where you are in your roots. And I, I really enjoy and love working with people from Saskatchewan. That's why I love being in Saskatchewan. <laughs> I have a lot of interest in working towards prosperity of people within Saskatchewan. I want to make things better. And that's what I find in others. They're not necessarily there to compete and try to chisel into market share, they're there to work together and build a bigger pie. And that's what I see in Saskatchewan people. And I love to be a part of that. So is there a certain size of business or a kind of entrepreneur that you resonate with and, and work with that you can actually help? Or are you able to assist anyone in an entrepreneurship journey through their business? Well, our focus is really new CEOs, new owners of businesses of, ver of ranging sizes, executive directors, uh, and the next gen that's working with uh, succession planning, preparing the next gen to step up. Today, I've been working with generation three, a number of successors in a family business. Business of various sizes. I work with global companies, some of the global mining companies, very large professional services, global professional services groups. And I, I work with the new leaders and helping prepare those that are getting ready to step in. So uh, a real range of clients, amazing different industries that I get to connect with. And really, that was part of the goal in the outset, to work with a lot of different organizations and make a difference. That's great. I mean, in today's market, you definitely need that coaching and mentorship to be able to really open up your mind. Because what I've noticed is that personally, being in business for 17 years, you tend to do business a certain way. And you reach kind of like a, a plateau where you cannot scale further or you cannot grow further or you're basically run out of ideas. And you really have to kind of bounce back and connect with other individuals that can actually help you get to the next level. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you've actually helped an entrepreneur get to that level? First of all, they need to know what that level is and have a good understanding with it. Get a cat, you know, a, an idea, a vision of where they really want to be. That can take some time. People have great imaginations, but they also need to have a little bit of discipline around documenting where they want to go. And so uh, providing different scenarios, working with them to build that, to know what it can be, and challenging them to think bigger, something that we do quite regularly. Also, we want to make sure that people are very cognizant of their own values and what's important to them. And whatever vision they're working towards, they are connected to that with their personal values. 
if they want to be engaged, they want to be excited by it, they really need to know where they're going and why they're going. What is the unique value proposition that separates your program from the rest? I would have to say it comes by virtue of connection with some of the, uh, the systems we've become involved in. We've been working with a system that focuses on personal leadership effectiveness and character in individuals for probably a dozen years. And most of the organizations that we've spent time with have been exposed to it. It uses the assumption that we really need to lead ourselves well so that we can then lead our teams, we can lead in our organizations, we can lead in our families, we can lead in our communities. We really need to make sure that we're leading ourselves well. That has been really enlightening for many individuals, and they really need to get it because leading self is the prerequisite for leading beyond. The other thing that's somewhat unique about our organization and, and those that we connect in it through associate status, we've been there. We've been around. I've sat in the CEO suite, some founding organizations, and have a lot of experience, have had some of the similar challenges that many of the clients that we're working with right now, and we can share those. We've been there. We're, we're leaders that have led. You know, obviously, for the past couple of years, we've been kind of going through this crisis where... COVID has impacted pretty much every industry that is out there. How has COVID impacted your business? And what are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced in growing your, your business? Well, first, I'd say in terms of challenges that we've faced is, is honing in on the opportunities. Focus, I would say. <laughs> there are so many opportunities. When we work with individual clients, they may be interested in working with governance and their boards and some challenges there, their teams or their clients, strategy. We can participate and help in many areas. However, we need to stick in our lane. So there are many, many opportunities that are presented to us. We need to make choices about what we do and how we serve. The other thing in our industry, coaching, there really aren't barriers to entry in the industry. And to some extent, anybody can call themselves a coach without benefit of the experience, the accreditation, the ability to actually make a difference. And in our industry, it's really important to protect that client experience and make sure that they are getting good value. And if we have too many surge of coaches that do not have the experience or the techniques to actually deliver value can damage the industry. And the coaches that have been around for a while have to step back in and make sure that things work well. And that can be a challenge for the industry itself. And also see waves of coaches that uh, step out into the industry from time to time. COVID was a wave, another wave biological wave, I guess, that wasn't welcome. For us, it meant halting a lot of the interpersonal connections we had. Frankly, I, I had a, a slate filled with uh, in-person facilitations that emptied immediately because uh, we weren't welcomed in people's offices. So that was a challenge. There also, there was a need to figure out how to do things differently. And I suppose the adrenaline that it stimulated forced everyone to think out of the box. And our thinking out of the box was to create a new company and start to think about the work that is required and that is very different to work with teams virtually. When the pandemic started in March of 2020, almost immediately 3.4 million people were working remotely. Prior to that, it was something like 10% of the workforce was working remotely and went bumped up to 40 to 50%. So... A lot of people are working remotely, not familiar with technology. Firms like yours have played a huge role in making sure people have gotten it and got the technology in place to do it. 
We've worked on the human capital side to make sure that leaders are understanding how to communicate well, people are, how, are able to deal with conflict, set goals, productivity, and above all, make sure that work-life balance and a healthy mental state have been maintained throughout all of this. And those are areas that we have really had to spend, spend a lot of time in. And our new company, Virtual Leadership Matters, and the virtual leadership network that we have of leaders that are working with teams remotely now has been a welcomed player to support those leaders in great interest of making sure they exceed and and excel at virtual leadership. Also, one of the findings from COVID, and it wasn't really a negative one, it, it really helped tighten relationships with existing clients and key partners. Those relationships that were meant to be became stronger, and it was terrific. And from a coaching perspective, there have been many, many new relationships emerge as a result of that. I'm going to digress a little bit here. Why should someone in today's current climate that we're experiencing invest in a coach? Why would they want a coach? Well, often we don't know that we need a coach and it can be uh, suggested by others or, or peers. We don't necessarily know that we were struggling or underperforming. To get to the point where you realize that that's an issue or an opportunity is sometimes a journey that people don't take and they need some help to be, need to be coached into the need for coaching. When we talk about coaching, there are lots of different needs for it. There could be people, people could be running into obstacles and they're aware or unaware of them. They may have blind spots that with conversations with coaches will become very obvious to them and easy to go under, around, or over. Also, in coaching, there are often circumstances where there's a need to learn how to do something very quickly, to pivot very quickly. Working with an experienced coach that also mentors, there is the ability to learn things, learn processes, prepare for difficult conversations, prepare for strategic planning, prepare for so many different things. And that's why there is a return. The returns can be absolutely phenomenal. If someone is to retain a relationship, as one example, to retain a relationship with a client, or sorry, an employee that isn't working well, in their organization, they can save themselves lost productivity. They can save themselves added engagement. And if they can fully engage an employee, they can be contributing 50 to 200% more than normally. And also, if they don't have to replace that individual and go through the expensive challenge of having to go through a recruitment process in a very, very sparse labor field right now, they can be significantly ahead. Well, many, many savings and enhanced ROI from investing in a coach. So what do you see are some of the biggest opportunities for the coaching business in the near future? Truly, there is going to be enduring remote working. So it really has validated the approach to working in this mode, virtually with individuals. And and there are lots of things that go bump in the night when you're working virtually. And people need to know it. Conflict is one of them. People are being quiet, not participating. So the delivery is going to be much more natural, much more welcome. And our reach is significantly more as well. There are needs to focus on culture. There are organizations right now that are really concerned that they're going to create two separate cultures are going to be created. People working in the office and people working at home. And these cultures will be contrary and conflicting. Those are opportunities for us to work there. I guess virtual leadership is just going to continue. So more virtuality, and we're going to need to help leaders 
succeed and make sure that they lead strong in the virtual world. Speaking about culture, I mean, we obviously, like we've dealt with a lot of different businesses and also in my own company, you know, we work with remote teams now due to the current setup that we have. It's very difficult to foster a culture because of the remote work that we're going through right now. It's, it's, it's quite challenging. How do you see companies overcome that challenge? Because uh, it seems to be a very important piece in building your team. It's even more difficult now with remote work to actually have that culture in place. I think it's important, Manip, to really understand what culture is and what it's not. Culture can be broadly defined as norms and, and, and culture and language within an organization. To get specific, it really is about how work is done around an organization. And to normalize how that is done means how do we treat each other? How do we communicate? What language is appropriate? How do we allocate work? How do we hold ourselves accountable? And all of those are, are workable parts of culture that need to be addressed and supported from a virtual perspective, as well as they were supported in a in-person environment. One of the larger challenges we've run into in, in working in a virtual culture is that the expectations of leaders is different. There are different styles that work better now than they used to before. The style where individuals would hold people accountable by compliance and observe people working, and making sure things are done, that doesn't work very well anymore. And frankly, new generations of workers don't appreciate it very much. So there needs to be an opportunity or a way for leaders to really be focused on outcomes, but really soft on people, focused on outcomes, soft on people and how work gets done. You need a lot of flexibility. And some leaders find that very challenging. I mean, I know that accountability was one of the fundamental reasons why remote work was looked down upon. But now that it was enforced, I mean, companies had to make sure that they have systems in place and the technology in place to be able to have remote work. So there are ways to keep people accountable. Obviously, you know, making sure that uh, you focus on the outcomes. I think that's a great way. And a lot of companies follow that model. Have you noticed just from your experience that companies that have transitioned to remote work has efficiency improved or has it declined in certain ways? What are maybe some of the challenges that you've come across? Well, Anecdotally, uh, and without breaching client <laughs> confidentiality, I've heard things go have gone pretty well uh, from a productivity perspective. There are, are organizations that you know are, are delighted to see people working at home. A lot of companies have downsized their footprint, reduced operating costs, and have found a significantly enhanced work-life balance in their staff being able to stay at home and not endure the lot of, a lot of the travel. We work in a part of the world where commutes are not typically uh, burdensome unless we're driving from Hamley to Saskatoon or it's a longer drive, but that isn't there now. So that is available to work. It's freed up for work. Late times are down. Uh, absenteeism is less. Sick time is down. A lot of the productivity indicators that are, are, are really positive. We do, though, need to balance that with mental health and engagement, and those are important things to be very conscious of as leaders. So Dave, where do you see your business going in the next decade? What's my vision for the future in the company? Well, I don't know that I would say the vision is captured from a time perspective. It's about relevance and adding value. And uh, the associates that I work with and my partner out in Ontario, we could be done tomorrow, frankly, if we weren't relevant and adding value to our clients' lives and professions. So. It's really, as long as we can continue 
to deliver and support. There's a need for the work that we do, and we believe the need is very strong. We will continue doing it. It's part of really our, our vocation. It's what we do. I recently had lunch with an associate. They are well into their 70s, and they do not see finishing. They see continuing to contribute to their clients in the same way they are now, as long as they are relevant and supporting them. We're going to continue to, to ride this wave of change with energy and enthusiasm and really be there to fill the void of need for humanity and, and support leaders in the work that they do. So true. So on more of a personal note, Dave, if you were to go back in time, let's say 10 years or 20 years, what advice would you give to your younger self? What would I say? Well, I would say, remember all of those career transitions that had happened before and how well they turned out and believe in good outcomes. I would say, continue to set goals, set big goals. We go where our goals are. We follow our goals. So make sure they're big. I would also say, be less patient with certain opportunities and be prepared to move on or fail fast, fail forward and know that that is okay to do. I'd say automate, 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 do as much as you can. That's not the fun work for me. I, I would say do as much of that as possible and always remember why you're doing the work. Why was it important? Why is it important today? Because you need to be making the right choice for yourself so that it's clear in terms of your career vocation. It fits into your work-life balance. You need to make sure why you're doing it. Also remember, yes, it is about success. You want to be successful, but there is the need to go beyond and make sure that there is significance to that success. And you're doing something to go beyond yourself and support your communities, your families, industries, etc. And I would also say, seek out your clients, work with people that you want to work with. Don't be reactive and work and find great friends and allies in the industry that you're working within. It's great to have good friends. So true. So based on your experience and the challenges that you've overcome, if there was one big takeaway that you could help entrepreneurs listening to this podcast, what would that be? Stay in your lane. <laughs> uh, trust in the expertise of the team that you can build around you through your associate group. Really stay in your lane, stay focused. I would also say, don't be hesitant to seek help. Remember, it's okay to say you're vulnerable. It's okay to say you don't know, <laughs> seek someone that will help you with that. It's okay to fail, fail forward. Just keep going. Well, where can people learn more about you, Dave? And how can they contact you online? The easiest way to contact us, uh, well, our website, logiaconsulting.ca, L-O-G-I-A, consulting, one word, .ca. We are in LinkedIn and on Facebook. We have pages there. Or else I can be reached at my email address, david at logiaconsulting.ca. Excellent. Dave, thank you so much for coming today on the show and giving us some great insights about uh, entrepreneurship and coaching. And uh, we wish you the best of success. Thank you so much. Appreciate uh, the opportunity to have a great conversation. Thank you for listening. And we hope you found this episode useful. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can see more information and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at saskentrepreneurs.com. That's S-A-S-K entrepreneurs.com. This episode is brought to you by TwoWeb. Growing your business online is overwhelming. At TwoWeb, we make it simple. 
Our agency has helped over 700 businesses and nonprofit organizations grow through digital marketing. Learn more and reach out to us at tuweb.ca.